previously on the Simply Human podcast. The idea of functional medicine actually is that model has been around since the beginning of time. In other words, as long as humans could figure out something was wrong, it was because something wasn't working right. And they tried to figure out what to do to make it work right. It's episode 142 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy. Now you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is CEO of her own life, Lori Harder. Great interview with Lori. Then it's another moderately funny edition of Humans Being Human with my brother, Jeff and crazy lake time talk and wrap up with this interview today. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Um, you recently, I don't know if we talked about this on the show, you recently were in the car for a long time. Indeed we were. So <clears throat> let me set this story up a little bit. My wife, Anna, she's a saint. She has a grandpa that lives in, say, western Kansas, which is a pretty good-sized jaunt from here. Well, uh, long story short, he is looking to downsize, and so he has a car that he uh, wasn't driving anymore, and he offered this car to Anna, but we had to come pick it up. And if you know anything about us, we are very cheap, and we uh, also do not care about cars at all. I uh, drive an old Volkswagen Jetta that uh, aesthetically is falling apart, and the interior smells like melted crayons i smell like melted crayons right I know. now what is that, that is such for, that is such a distinctive smell crayons that uh, i have melted have, you, have you ever smelled this smell like for, on me i don't think you have uh it's because i looked it up if you google why does my jetta s and then it autofills with smell like melted crayons it's oh really wait weird. It, it's the some paraffin wax they used in the joints oh it's not actually what? i actually have melted crayons in my car that's why oh, no no I thought for the longest time there was a crayon under a seat somewhere that was melted. No, it's the actual car. Well, it gets me from point A to point B. It's paid for, decent gas mileage, so eh, I don't care what it looks like. What are you going to do? All those suckers out there with the $500 car payment, I look at them on the way to work and I giggle. Ha, 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 ha. I don't have to pay for that fancy car. Because in the end, it's a box. It's a metal box with four wheels that gets me back and forth to the salt mine. So <laughs> that my, my wife is the same way. So we have two... We currently have two older cars. My uh, 12-year-old Jetta is the newest. Uh, just listen. Uh, you, you'll be singing. You won't be adding anything to the bragging montage here in a second. I have a 12-year-old Jetta, but quite 150,000 miles on it. And my wife drives a 16-year-old Tahoe that's rapidly approaching 200,000. And it's got several things wrong with it. The uh, We broke the antenna off. I say we. I am in she. Uh, she broke the antenna off in a car wash, and you can't just replace the antenna. You'd have to, like, rip out the dashboard and, like, rewire the whole thing in there. So we haven't fixed that. Motor in one of the uh, windows doesn't work. Uh, there's something with the starter that's weird because every time you when you you have to turn the key like three times to get it to turn on, but then it turns on every time. It's been like that for years, and no one's ever been able to figure out what the problem is. And about once a month, I have to throw about a quart of oil into it, so it's not exactly like a real cherry ride. So when she has the prospect of taking over another car, she's like, "We're like, hey, that's that's great. That'll because we're already worrying about what are we going to do when the Tahoe explodes." Well. It's a 2001 Lincoln Town Car. It's black. Comes with a butler. It's got 100. It's got 120,000 miles on it. Not too bad. 
most people would be like, good Lord. But for me, I'm like, oh, that's another five or six years easy. Well, we go up there and, and, and pick up this town car. We drive on Labor Day weekend. My parents took our kids and we drove on Saturday morning all the way to Western Kansas, got there, had dinner with her grandpa, went to sleep, woke up the next day, had dinner with her, had breakfast with her grandma. They're not together anymore. And <laughs> got immediately back in the car and drove all the way back. Uh, it's like something like close to 550 miles Jeez. each way. So we drove 1,100 miles round trip in basically 24 hours. Uh, and we get back here and uh, we have a uh, Lincoln Town Car. My wife could make extra money going to the airport and holding out a sign with someone's <laughs> last name on it. Just, Dude, do you remember? Just, we would, I guarantee that would, be, that would actually be a hilarious bit it if me be. and you took that to with the, little the hats. airport and wrote Smith on a sign and held it up, I guarantee someone would jump in the car. We would have to, we'd we'd have to get little hats to wear, like the little driver hats and like have driver gloves on. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. The black, the black suits and the black tie. Yeah. But I guarantee someone would get in this car. Hey, do you remember like one of those? Do you remember Hillbilly in college? Chris Young. Oh, yeah. Yes. The guy yes. that our friend Jackson, who's been on the show. It's a guy that we called. It's a guy we called Hillbilly in college. And he and like people His still. Name is not Hillbilly. And but. people still call him that to this day. Like he's not, like Jackson will just. Who pioneered that nickname? Jackson. Was that me or was that Jackson? Was Jackson. Pioneered the, okay. Yeah. I knew it was one of us. Well, was he close. he drove a Lincoln Town Car, and that was back. It was a prior one, and that was back in like one. It was like a brand new Lincoln, and we used to make fun of him all the time for like <laughs> driving like that Lincoln Town Car. But it was like you like you rode around it, you felt like I don't know, you felt like prestigious or something. Like it's those things are awesome. Well, we're kind of already talking about like, hey, maybe it would be a better idea if we sold the Tahoe for like a handful of magic beans, and then sold the town <laughs> car, and then got something that like you know. Doesn't look like an old man car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something that's uh, gently used, forty, fifty thousand miles on it. Uh, doesn't have to be nice, but like something that does not. Because my wife has problems already driving the Tahoe. She has backed into a couple of things. Uh, have you ever backed fingers. into anything? No, me either. You know oh, why? Uh, okay. In 1996, I backed into Plano Senior High School <laughs> thanks to your brother Brad. Oh man, in I the blue flame. Oh yeah! Oh, uh, unload a couch in the band building at Plano High, and he's guiding me backwards, going, "All right, to the right, to the right, to the right." <laughs> oh, stop! <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember that. You were so mad at him. Like, she, she kind of has trouble with the Tahoe a little bit. Imagine a car that's just as wide and like five times as long. Yeah. So it's what the town car is. So I don't know. We're still. Many- I'll tell you the inside. Like in showroom condition, I'm not even sure anyone's ever sat in the back seat of this car ever. The seat belts are ironed, it looks like, so it's in perfect, perfect condition. How many cars have you driven since the Blue Flame? And that's the that was your first car, right? Uh, I've had two. Uh, okay, oh, let's count. Uh, when I was in, I had a red. I had a Ford pickup truck. That's what I got in college. The, well, hold on, Blue and Flame I, was the first. Yeah, Blue Flame. Okay, set this up. It's 1996 when I got my driver's license. My dad had an old pickup truck, an 85 Chevrolet Silverado, which in looking back now, uh, that car was uh, 11 years old. That truck was 11 years old. It's not that old. I know. But man, this truck was a piece of garbage, man. It was terrible. It's the perfect first car for kids because it had no acceleration. It had 
nothing going on with it whatsoever. You're not going to get... Like, that's what it sounded like. <laughs> Unless you drive it off a cliff, it's not going to get beyond 70 miles an hour. Uh, and it didn't really matter if I smashed it into a couple things because, hey, who cares? It's an old pickup truck. Who, who, who cares? My dad cared. He yelled at me all, every time I smashed into something. But <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. Never got any of them fixed. But uh, So the Blue Flame, that's what we called it because it was blue. And uh, it was one of those ironic names. And then in college, I got the red Ford pickup truck. And uh, that's it. Uh, my wife bought the Jetta when, right before we got married when we lived in Ohio. And then in 09, uh, her dad gifted us the Tahoe because he got something different and had a whole bunch of stuff wrong with it. He didn't want to bother fixing it, so he gave it to us, and we paid to get it all fixed up. And we've driven that since uh, since 2009. I, so I that, and when we got that, I sold the red truck. That's really all I've ever driven. I remember the red the red truck was a standard, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah. You and Cody Clayton had the same car, so I I've had uh, six counting my Jeep. I have I've had six cars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had dual exhaust on his, which I always thought was much cooler, and it yeah, sounded really awesome. It did. So I had an 84 Chevy Blazer. You remember that? We called it the sweat machine because it, uh, it didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> Can you imagine why you called it the sweat machine? Yeah. Well, like, we would, we would, like, in the summers, even with the windows down, like, it, it, it was just, we would just be screaming. Like, anytime you stopped at a light and the, the heat would, like, you wouldn't get the wind, we would just be screaming. We'd take all our clothes off. You know, we'd be driving around in our underwear. <laughs> Because we'd be so hot, and like the, the the radio didn't work, the uh, the the rearview mirror had a big crack in it because I punched it one time because I was mad, and so you couldn't tell if there was one or like three cars behind you at any time, and like it made this horrible squeaking noise. And then I had a I I had a Ford F one fifty that red. Remember that I had that red. Uh, it was a ninety two F one fifty, and then I traded I traded that in and got a Chevy Silverado right before we got married, like a single cab truck. And then I traded that in in 06 and got that Honda Fit, that standard Honda Fit. It was cost me like 14 grand, brand new. I mean, it was like a piece of junk, but it was like a great engine. It was a great car. It's just uh, kind of yeah. embarrassing to drive around. And the hailstorm of, of 2014 uh, destroyed that car, and I got the Malibu in 2014, and then I had the Jeep. And so I kind of trade back and forth between the Malibu and the Jeep because I have a butler. Man, I, uh, I, I, I take a, I'm, I'm torn. Uh, actually, my- uh, I think he's simply given his own Mike Ritter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this Facebook. Uh, I take a lot of pride in driving a super old, yeah. like kind of crap car because that means that I'm financially smart because I haven't. Uh, I have this car; it's totally paid off, gets decent gas mileage, and I don't care what it looks like. Yeah. You know, you judge me in my Volkswagen Jetta because I uh, don't pay for a new car. But then, like, I have to listen to like uh, if I'm going to listen to like music or podcasts on my phone i have to actually wear headphones yeah. because i can't <laughs> plug it in well, it's another thing that it's doing now the jetta the sunroof will just arbitrarily open <laughs> but not open all the way it does like the thing where like it just tilts up yeah, and yeah, opens yeah. the back up and the so vent. like sometimes i'll go out at night like after i've come home from work i'm like oh, i gotta go check the mail or something the i'll go out there the sunroof is just open well so i have to go get the keys and turn it on Stuff, but I, that, I actually blue booked it today just looking around and the trade-in value is six hundred dollars wow on the jet well my the malibu I, I guess the only new car i ever bought like for me was that honda fit because it was only like, it was so cheap and uh and i traded in and my my payments were like 180 dollars a month for like three years <laughs> or something like it was it was so easy well this malibu is an 08 
and they're the talk about the sunroof things that go wrong on it like the the trunk stopped opening and i figured out if i hit the the trunk latch release and i hit the trunk at the same time in this right in a certain spot like like uh, to the left and down of like the center it would open so like so i'm counting on that to like open because it's a big pain in the rear end if you can't get your trunk to open especially if you have stuff in the trunk right you gotta like crawl through the seats you know <laughs> and i've like it's it's that trick's not working anymore and i was like in sam's like like counting on the trunk space and i'm like punching the thing like punching the 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 trunk like banging the trunk is super hard like trying to get this stupid like trunk to open and like the the there's a bunch of other stuff like when you turn like the the right blinker on and then you like change lanes or you turn well there's like a little mechanism that will turn the blinker off right when you when you turn the wheel back well that that mechanism on both sides is broken so i'll turn right i'll turn my right blinker on turn right and then i'll have to like manually like turn you know but that's like that's not enough for me to have to go get a new car Oh yeah. Well, that's the, like the on the Volkswagen also. Like uh, one of the back doors, like you hit the keyless entry and it won't unlock the back door, so you have to yeah. reach in and open it from the inside. But like a thousand things like that are not worth me wanting to take on a car payment. Right. Like not even close. If so the tra- like, I mean, yeah. If the tra- that, I'll just reach inside the door. Yeah. Like on that Honda Fit of they didn't have keyless entry or anything, and so I would have to like actually manually unlock the door with my key, and like the little key yeah. thing after about two years wore out. So for like a year and a half, to, for me to get into my car, I had to open the passenger door, crawl through the door. It didn't have power locks or anything. Open the, unlock the door, and then walk all the way around. I did that for like a year and a half. And after that I, might, that might be reason to get a new car. Well, that but, right there, I think after about three weeks, I'd be like, ah, well, I do this. I got so used to doing that. It, it was like, it was like two hundred fifty bucks to have it fixed, and that was just a matter of me like spending two hundred bucks on it. And I, but I finally did. It took me like two weeks to. <laughs> stop like crawling through the passenger side which is really embarrassing like when i had somebody like riding with me like a you know a donor or, like a doctor or something that i was like taking out to eat or something like i'd have to like oh hang on one second like i gotta uh, crawl through the, the door here just such an idiot <laughs> that's hilarious i'm wearing like a from wayne's world <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right well, I think we've run out of time. Let's get to our interview with Lori. Go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can check out all of our affiliate stuff that we have there on the product page or the, uh, what is it called, resources tab. I think we have all our affiliate links, all the stuff that we like and support. Uh, at simplyhuman52 on, on uh, Instagram and uh, Snapchat and other social media. Like us on Facebook. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, uh, pretty much that is it. Email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick at gmail.com so our interview with Lori we talked to Lori about bonding over food being bullied your environment stronger than your willpower self-awareness you are more than your body psychology versus physiology visualize and attack guessing her birthday December 6th evolving philosophies Lori's book The One Thing by Jay Pavasan Habits and Ballroom Dancing here's Lori Joining us on the Simply Human podcast, super excited to have Lori Harder. She's the creator of LoriHarder.com. She is the CEO of her own life and helps people reveal their unique fierceness and create a life fueled by passion and full of bliss. Lori Harder, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm so sad that Rick, my co-host, he is a police officer, and he has recently been on the night shift for years. He was like 
the the weekend night shift guy. He had like this mm-hmm. crazy schedule, and so we could always record at these certain times. Well, now he can't record at these times because he is now day side, and he has, gets to wear slacks and a, dre- a dress shirt, and he's a detective now, so he's uh, not able to join us, which I'm very sad about because he would uh, just jump in, make fun of me, and then every now and then he would have <laughs> a, a good question or two. Usually when he someone, you know, he'll ask a question, and like, to every time the person would be like, yeah, that's a great question. And no one would ever say that to my questions. And so he would always give me a hard time about that. So uh, if you would please, every time I ask a question, I wish you would say, Mark, that is such a great question. Thank you for asking me that. Uh, then I, can, <laughs> I will uh, tell Rick he's missed and I will try to make fun of you as much as possible. Okay. For, <laughs> perfect. That, that, I'll feel right at home. Uh, so okay, let's, let's just start off with your origin story. Kind of how did you get to where you are today? Oh, man, that's a long story. Awesome. Well, we've (laughs) got like 30 minutes, so... We'll try to shorten it. Yeah. So I am from a really small town in Upper Michigan. Most people don't know there's an upper part to Michigan. Um, And I was raised in a very loving family, but also a very uh, religious family. And I was homeschooled through high school. And also my whole family was very overweight. We bonded over food. We, um, When we were bored, we ate food. When we were excited, we ate food. When we celebrated, we ate food. When you were sad, you ate food. (laughs) When we were sad. Yes. And I remember at a really young age feeling really lethargic. Like, why don't I want to go out and play like all of the other kids? Like, I was like, okay, how about we watch TV and eat instead? Cause that's fun. Right. <laughs> so I really noticed such a difference. And I actually, when I was younger, I just wanted to not be made fun of anymore in mm. school. Cause my sister and I were both getting made fun of not only uh, for our religion, but also for our weight. And I remember just as a defense mechanism, I was like, I don't want to be chubby anymore. So I started diving into really looking at, like my sister was already dieting and she was probably like 13 years old. So I was four years younger than her. And I actually started doing what they were doing at that young of an age. I remember being eight years old and being at a pool party and looking at the other girls going, what, why am I different? Why am I not super skinny like them? Like I hated myself. I went home and I looked in the mirror and I was like, basically saying all of these horrible things to myself in the mirror at such a young age. So it just, you know, that is so stuck in my mind that for the longest time it was like, I just was on the search for how, how do I fix this? It can't just be genetics. And through my teenage years, I started kind of figuring it out because I was exercising all of the time and nobody in my family was. So I was totally like the black sheep and I was really just trying to get a grip around this fitness thing. And I noticed that every time I'd go exercise, I also felt better and I had a better mindset and I didn't feel as depressed and I didn't feel as tired. So for me, it became this daily thing where if I didn't get it, I was like, (gasps) like I would freak out, right? I didn't want to go back. And I was also noticing how great I felt. So as the years went on, it was like, I knew that I wanted to be able to free people of what they think um, maybe is maybe what they're stuck with. So their genetics, as you know, my teenage years went on, I remember one of my friend's moms, literally we were all sitting around and we were all in the hot tub together and she was like, oh, just wait, you'll be fat like your mom uh. because it's in your genetics. And that just rung in my ears and it, I mean, it fueled my fire. So I was like, oh no, you didn't sister friend. <laughs> But what it did was make me go, I am going to figure out how 
I'm going to break this cycle. And from there, I just started reading and researching and, and finding different coaches and mentors. And I, I knew that my life's path was not only to help heal myself, but after I was done basically figuring that out, even though it's a lifetime journey, let me tell you, um, I was able to really find that my truest calling is to help other people. And you know what that looks like has changed so much for me. First, it started with just fitness and I had my own studio and you know that took me a long time just to get over all of my fears from childhood of even getting into training people in fitness and even opening my own studio. And then after having that for a while, I really realized that I was not able to get results for people unless they believed that they were worthy and they had the mindset that they wanted to change. Because it's like, yes, you might be doing something different, but then you get thrown back into your normal environment and you're dealing with all of the same things and your environment is stronger than your willpower. So some yes. things had to shift. So I was like, okay. Ooh, that's such a good, I'm putting that in the show notes. Your environment is stronger <laughs> than your willpower. Because like, if your environment in, in includes Snickers bar, and you love Snickers huh. bars and you surround yourself with Snickers bars, there's not amount, there's no amount of willpower that's going to keep you from eating the Snickers bar. Like you justifying it in your head. Well, I just won. I mean, I worked out this morning so I can have just one. Yeah. Yes. I'm telling you, crackers are like my arch nemesis. So if <laughs> I lived in a cracker house, I would eat my way out. Like- and you would have no like roof <laughs> over your head because your cracker roof would have holes in it and then you would be like all wet if it rained and that would just be bad. Yeah, you'd I get would a, just eat my get- shelter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So really it's, it's learning those things. Like it's a million, um, small things that you're going to be learning along the way. And that's really what I focus on now is, is being so self-aware because I think when we're self-aware, that's when we can build a lifestyle that's going to support us. Yeah. And, and we could sit here for probably the next 20 minutes and, uh, just share fat shaming stories mm-hmm. when we were kids because like there's this one because like like uh, I should have just uh, introduced you the female version of Mark Rogers is joining <laughs> us on the show so like I until I hit my growth spurt in like ninth grade I was uh, I was what I you know Rick will would would argue with me on this but I don't care what Rick says I was a chubby kid and I had those issues like I uh, I remember there was I think I might have told this on the podcast before but I was invited to like the Dallas Sidekicks was like an indoor soccer team and like we played I played soccer and all my friends played soccer so like the Dallas Sidekicks were like the coolest ever and we there was a birthday party we got to go to the Dallas Sidekicks indoor soccer arena and like play like on their field and like we were at this it's birthday party and we're doing all this stuff and so it came, came time for like us to like play a game you know and like I realized as we're walking over to like the uh, like the field that we're gonna play shirts and skins mm. and I like I was like well uh, that's not happening so I was just like I faked a knee injury just for the, on the chance oh my gosh that I might be skins because I could have been shirts and then I could have played so I just sat and watched my friends play and, it could, and, and I would have rather have done that at that moment than to risk possibly having to take my shirt off in front of the other kids. Oh, like, my gosh. Like that kind of thing. So I, and yeah. I, I mean, my cousin one time called me booby boy. Oh. And like, and you know, like... like the, you never he, think of that for guys. Yeah, you know, they go through it hardcore. Yeah. Like there's no way in a million years my cousin has any recollection of that. Right, no. just like how you, you know, you've got this like the, the friend in the jacuzzi. Like there's, I, get, I guarantee you if you asked her, you remember when you said that to me? She'd go, huh? Oh yeah, I don't totally. even know. I don't even remember that. But like, it's just funny how certain things, especially when you're young and your brain is developing and you're going through all these changes, man, that's crazy how the the amygdala works and it just like sears that mm-hmm. uh, memory into your brain. Um, mm. But anyway, so w- w- were there any like, did you have any sort of uh, long lasting effects of the of dieting like when you were eight? 
Like what, oh, how, yeah. how did you like kind of overcome that? Oh boy. I mean, of, of course I still, you know, I think I, I think I'm really deeply rooted in teaching self-love because it's what I need the most. Um, I can, re- I can like literally recognize it in myself. Um, probably, you know, I have great weeks and then I have weeks where I'm like, Whoa, baby, I need to like use some serious mantras and do some things to remember that I'm more than my body. Because for me, it was like, I just had this idea in my head that if I was strong and fit on the outside, like it would make me just finally get that respect that I desired. So when I sway from anything, but that feeling in my life, sometimes that comes up to haunt me. Like, who am I without this? Like, oh my gosh, am I going to crumble? Are people going to make fun of me? It's the craziest thing. And that is why I have so many different rituals and mantras. And even this morning I was talking about, because um, I just came back from celebrating my 11th anniversary and I was gone for like a week and then I came home. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I guess that's like four California marriages. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like they, they don't like count. They don't start over whenever you People get married are like, again. Oh my God. Yeah. How long have you been married? Well, I've like, really, been married. Why is that shocking yeah. here? I've been married 40 years, but to like eight different people, but we don't, I don't, I don't restart the clock. I just continue no. the clock. Yeah. <laughs> So congratulations. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and then we came home to two birthday celebrations and it was kind of these birthday celebrations that are, it's people who are really important in my life. So you want to like celebrate and I didn't want to be the girl at the table who's like, no, I feel fat from my trip (laughs) and I'm like, I'm not going to go there. Um, (laughs) So I just really enjoyed myself and I noticed that I was resenting a little bit having all of these things to go and do. And then I was like, are you kidding me? At the end of your life on your deathbed, are you going to be like, dang it, I I wish I didn't have champagne to celebrate my brother-in-law's birthday or come on now, you know, like get yeah. over it. Let's add some more love and just realize that you had fun and life is like this. It's up and down and cyclical. And if you're focusing on, um, sometimes if you're really focusing on relationship building in your business, guess what? Fitness isn't going to be top plate priority. Right. And then sometimes fitness is going to be top priority. As long as they're all kind of taking turns and you have that built in, like now I'm like, you know what? I want to clean up a little bit. I'm going to take the next two weeks to just really focus on feeling good again. So I look at my schedule and I plan that out. So it's like bringing more ease and love to those parts where it could have haunted me before. Yeah, not being like so restrictive. And it's funny, like, you know, you're on your deathbed and like you're sitting there, you know, wishing you had spent more time with your family, but like like right before you die, you like lift your shirt up and you have like a six pack (laughs) and you like give a little smile and a thumbs up to the nurse and you die. Like, that's what I want. (laughs) That's what I want. Yeah, like check it out. Selfie with the abs. I still have abs. About to die. Hashtag about to die. Yeah, and then you flatline. So, well, okay, there's one one thing that you said that I thought is really good and and I've given like habit workshops and things like that and I know that's one of your areas of expertise, but it's that idea that believing is the first step and it doesn't matter what you want to do, how positive the behavior is going to be, how badly you want to do it. You want to do it. If you don't believe that you can do something or believe that you can make a change, like I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to try. There's no way I'm going to do this. You have no shot. You have 0% chance of success. So talk about how like kind of the head is, is, is it's really, it's all about what's in your head. Like psychology is so, it's so much more important than the actual physiology when you, when you're trying to make change. Mm. There's so many things that go into it. So kind of like what we talked about before, even if you can't believe it, 
um, right away. Sometimes you can look logically at your life and say, how could I support myself more in this before you even start some of the belief work? So um, let's just say, I'm just going to use right now, I'm, I'm writing a book for my first book ever, and I really oh. am praying for it to be a New York Times bestseller. Now I'm can detach from that outcome, but I'm a goal-oriented person, so let's go for it, right? Yeah. So in order for me to even believe that's possible, especially as a first-time author, it's like, okay, how can I start sub- making sure that my environment even supports that? And for me, that is making sure I'm around people who are doing these things and really keeping it in the conversation and really making sure I have a great marketing plan and really making sure that that feels supported um, so that it's not like, okay, I'm just going to wish for this and visualize it and throw it out there, there against the wall and hope it sticks, right? Yeah. That's just, it's not going to work. So if I can start supporting myself and my environment, it's going to make it a lot easier for me when I start to shift my thoughts as well. So what else I do is I'm a huge visualizer. I think it's so important to picture it every single day because your body can't tell the difference between if you're imagining it over and over and over again, or if you're there. So it's like you're recreating it in your mind. So I'm telling you, I have been on the speaking circuit for the past two months in my visualizations. (laughs) I have walked into so many Barnes and Nobles. I have done so (laughs) many book signings. I have watched people read my book. I've watched them like hug the book in bed as they're like, oh my gosh, this is what I needed. Like I can see it. It's so real for me that it's like, of course it's happening. Of course it's happening. So there's a million, you know, I I do it every day and it's not easy. It's not easy to sit down and be like, okay, I have a million things to do, but let me just sit here. And and daydream. (laughs) And daydream. But it's not, I mean, it is, it's rewiring your brain. So I look at, I look at it as, um, I'm really taking this time and it's so valuable. Like it's so valuable. You're rewiring yeah. years of beliefs just by picturing it and saying to yourself, you know, that that this is who you are and you have to feel it before you become it. Well, so they, I really yeah. try to get into it. And they did a study several years ago on like free throw shooting. You know, they had like the the one group that actually shot 100 free throws a day one group that thought about shooting 100 free throws mm-hmm. a day and the other group that just didn't shoot any. And like the, the two groups that shot and thought about it, like there was no significant difference between the two. And like the, the group that didn't shoot, like that thought about it, didn't shoot free throws. They just huh. thought about it. And I just think that's like so fascinating. The other thing, I don't know if you do this. I know guys will do this. If like I sit down, like I'm visualizing me like at a book signing, like at least, at least once a day when one of those book signings I will I will stop a robbery from happening uh, or there was there will be someone that comes in with a gun and I will go over and I'll cry chop them and yes. that's what guys uh, do. That's what guys, <laughs> yeah. like I was like talking about like you're ready yeah you're I was ready. talking to somebody about like you know anytime like you know when, when I were kids like kids growing up and I've talked to like three or four different adult men who have like we're like you did this too like you're just sitting in church yes. And you're like, like the preacher or something is up there talking and like you start visualizing about, all right, if I see a guy with a gun, come in. What is my, what's my first step? My husband totally does that. He's like, <laughs> will tell me sometimes his plan on an airplane. I'm yeah. like, okay, we're covered then. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's like, why guys do that? It's like, or like, there's that funny video I'll need to find on YouTube, but it's like, it's like the, there's like six guys in a room and they're playing a video game. And like the wife comes in and she's like, guys, I think there's an, there's like somebody trying to break in. And they're like, they go into like slow motion. Like, this is like what they 
they've been planning for their whole <laughs> lives and they have like their guns already and like their grenades and like all this stuff <laughs> like this whole like assembly oh. of their stuff and then ends up being like a, a dog or something you know like outside but they were ready it's like they're all like high-fiving anyway, that is amazing yeah, yeah so well okay so this is just something that i i just thought to ask you like you're writing a book which i want to talk about later i want you to uh, promote your book in a second but like who who do you get inspiration from like who do you what books do you read what what podcast do you listen to like where do you get your influence oh you know what it goes in waves for sure but yeah. i've always kind of had some staple mentors um that i love uh following and that I've taken different courses from and things like that. So Jack Canfield has been a huge mentor of mine. Um, Spell his I last name. C-A-N-F-I-E-L-D. Well, that was easy. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he's amazing. So he literally, I, I went to a three-week, basically it was it was in one-week chunks throughout the year, um, three weeks of just a super intensive, like from eight in the morning, basically until like 11 at night, you're Whoa. like facilitating, men, uh, you're learning how to facilitate, you're meditating, you're doing workshops, group work. It, it was like insane and horrible and awesome all at once. Um, so he's been really huge for me just on how I teach and what I teach. Yeah. Um, and then Gabrielle Bernstein, I did her um, masterclass and also just obsessed with all of her books just because she's so all about love over fear. And that that has literally rocked my world and changed my life. Um, Marianne Williamson, of course, love her. Um, and then there's just so many. Oh, I, lo I love Lewis Howe's podcast. He's so many great guests all of the time. Um, love Shailene Johnson. There's so many. Yeah. They change. Love Tony Robbins, of course. Yeah. Um, he's an obvious one. Yeah, so many. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a good a good question. I don't know if you listen to the like Tim Ferriss podcast or know who that is. Yes, but. I went on a Tim Ferriss kick for a while. Yeah, and so I'm I'm kind of on one of those right now. And it's more about the guests that he has on rather than mm -hmm. like doing what he says uh which yeah. is not not discounting what he says but like you know this this the people that he has been able to get on his show are just mm. like so like like the jamie fox interview is amazing kevin costner interview is amazing uh arnold schwarzenegger like those just I Ooh, i'm know. excited i know like it just and so he could kind of steps out of the way and sort of gets them to talk about like why they're great uh, mm. And it's like, and they're like two and a half hour long podcasts. So it's a really kind of annoying how long they are, but like, you can't, <laughs> you can't like stop listening to them, but oh my God, you're going to have to like run marathons. I know. Ugh, not again. <laughs> I, I did a, I, I did a, a phase of, of endurance training and, and I will never do that again. Um, <laughs> my knees are jacked now. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. Real quick. Uh, and then we're going to get right back on track. I forgot to do this at the beginning. Rick and I usually try to guess, uh, birthdays of mm. our guests Okay. And I'm going to, and, and Rick used a guess twice and I guess twice. I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess twice and that's going to be it. Is your birthday on June 4th? No. Is it February 19th? Nope. Dang it. What is it? December 6th. Oh, December 6th. Guessing Sagittarius. Yeah. I'm cancer. I don't really like that. That's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know. It's, yeah. It makes me I know. feel weird. Yeah. Wait, can we rename? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, you started researching at a young age. You've gone through a lot of. I, I could imagine like your your philosophies have evolved and changed. You know through your research and everything else. How many like di what, kind of talk us through some of the different philosophies? Because you know there's, you know there like the people that are out there. They're like, okay, it's all about calories in, calories out, and then it's like you get low carb, high fat, and you've got all these different like. So what what are your sort of philosophies and how have they evolved over the years? 
Oh my God. They're constantly evolving. In fact, I'm in the process of like another evolution right now. So what I would tell you is that I am so open to different ideas because I'm really listening to a lot of different podcasts. I've been listening to the Rich Roll podcast and he has like a three hour podcast right now with someone I cannot remember the guest name. He's the the vegan ultra marathon guy, right? Yes. Yes. And just the different ideas that are out there. And also if we look culturally at all of the different ways that people people have eaten and historically like my mind is a little bit being rocked so especially with my life right now like we travel so much and we live in this beautiful place as well where we can get access to incredible food and so many people I'm telling you they eat in so many different ways in California it's like what are you okay I don't even know what that is and I don't you know it's it's really interesting but you know what I'm finding that it works like it just works for people. So that has expanded me to really, um, somehow I'm learning how to teach almost like intuitive eating. Um, and I know that sounds crazy. Like, okay, what do I want? I want a bag of Doritos right now. No, that's not, that's not not necessarily it, but I'm kind of experimenting on myself the last few months of really observing that you don't like, you don't lose your muscle and you don't, really gain weight and you don't, you know, it's, and and I've also been doing this practice now, this might be a little crazy, but of blessing my food beforehand because I really just want to feel so good about it. And I really believe that when you energetically feel great about your food, it's not going to affect you as badly as if you view it as bad or right. this is going to hurt a cheat me. Meal this or is something. toxic. Yes, yeah. I can't. I don't even do that word. Oh, like, me I'm like, either. I did a I whole like, post. Love yeah. all food. Yeah, like to me, like the whole idea of like a cheat meal is like it, it implies that you're doing something wrong. Yeah, it's like, like you need not, to do it in a closet, like yeah. with spaghetti dripping all over your face. <laughs> Sp- <laughs> spaghetti dripping. You got like, like you know that meme with that yeah. kid who's like got it all over dripping all yeah. over their face. You've like, got like that's, spaghetti that's in one meal. hand and like a, like melted Snickers in the other hand, <laughs> yes. like that you're just eating out of a pot in the dark. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So to me, like I always say, like you know, oh that that implies that you've like fallen off the wagon. And I always right. say, like no, you didn't fall off anything. You're on the wagon. You made a conscious decision to let uh, spaghetti on your wagon and you ate it and you're still on the wagon. There's no, you didn't fall off anything. Like if you think you did, then you've got to like, you know, deal with that failure, which you've created in your mind. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, so let's, uh, there's something else that, that I was going to mention. We were talking about cheat meals and stuffing our faces with spaghetti. Um, Oh, and like changing different philosophies, um, yeah, I, I think that's just so interesting that like, it, as long as everything else is dialed in, as long as you're getting good sleep and you're not chronically stressed and worried about everything and you're like moving in, in good human sustainable ways, I, you know, it, like I always say, like when I do like the, a food talk, for instance, I always say like, we're the most omnivore omnivore. Like mm-hmm. I could eat like this, the desk that's in front of me, like my body could like do something with it. You know, if right. like I broke it down and like melted it down and drank it or something like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, if you look at all the different, you've got, you know, the Eskimos that ate nothing but fat you've got the people on the, the uh, equator that ate nothing but carbs and there's like everything in between. And so I think one thing is to be careful if anybody, if there's anybody out there that it's saying like, it's not open. Uh, to different ways and they're saying this is the only way this is the only way to move this is the only way to eat like you need to run away from those people because Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different ways 
to do it. Um, and, and yeah, I just like being open and you, you, you're never going to arrive. You're never going to say, okay, today I've, I've finally reached health. No. You know, it's, it's always uh, changing and moving. So um, mm-hmm. okay, t- tell us about your book. What is it called? When's it coming out? Well, it's in the process of finishing the proposal. So oh. it's going to be a while. Well, but I basically did it backwards. I wrote the book first yeah. and then um, wrote the proposal. So I don't know how much of that, you know how that goes. The whole yeah. publishing world is right. going to change. Um, and I really don't know what the, I'm going back and forth between a couple titles. So yeah. I'll tell you later. Okay, cool. No, and, and hey, <laughs> Whenever you get closer and start wanting to promote, let's have you back on, and and we will uh, we will get get that promoted and all. I would love that. Stuff. Cool. Um, let's see. Get back to your deal. So let's really quick. We don't have a ton of time left, but what are like what are the the benefits of I know like habits and rituals? Just give us kind of the Cliff's notes uh, of of creating new habits and why you you've already mentioned the word mantra, which is something that we've talked about on this show. Like, what is the importance of of having that ritual in your life? Okay, so I'm kind of on this kick because I I read the one thing not too long ago, probably like. Mm, seven months ago by Jay Papasan and I can't remember his co-author. I'm so sorry. Um, but then I had Jay on my podcast and it just really confirmed like everything that I had been doing from the book. And so for habits, it's like, we try to look at this healthy lifestyle and we're like, okay, I'm going from being, um, you know, a workaholic couch potato right after work to, I need to take yoga classes, even though I've never done one and I need to eat right. And I need to try this thing called kale every day and I need to drink green juices. Oh my God, that's so overwhelming. So it's really focusing on the one thing that's going to move you forward for the day. One thing, one just one. Yep. <laughs> and that has changed my life. Like I even thought I had habits down, but now, and you know, people who kind of have their habits down, you can focus on more than one thing because it's become a habit. Right. So unless it's, you know, not really ingrained yet, it's hard to do more than one. You're going to end up letting something fall off, which is yep. Okay, but if you want to move forward quickly, it's like, what is the one thing? So working on my book, what is the one thing today that would move me forward the most? Well, writing for two hours on specifically this one thing that needs to get done. So instead of, you know, look, I, I don't know, there's a million different things that I could be doing, but planning it in. So having the one thing and planning in the task daily or however much you can possibly fit it in. So for me, if I don't plan, it doesn't happen, period. Like if it's not actually written in my calendar with a time, you can guarantee I will do something else because I like doing stuff. I know. I'm the same way. Like my wife kind of gets annoyed that I'm like, hey, (laughs) she's like, why weren't you, why didn't you remember? Like you were picking up the kids today. Like, huh? I am? Like, yeah. It wasn't in my calendar. Yeah. yeah, Just, it's it's easy. Just put it in my calendar. It's really that, it's as easy as that. And I will pick, I will not forget the kids at school again if you, if you put it in my calendar. (laughs) So yeah, that, that is, I got, I, in my uh, coaching infancy, I, I used to have the philosophy of, you know, no, just forget it. One, one little thing isn't going to make a big enough difference. So just, you need to rip the bandit off and just change everything. And Mm -hmm. I quickly learned after research and my own experience and working with people, like that is absolutely the, the, not the way to do it. And there are some people, there are some personalities Mm -hmm. out there that that's how they function and they can do that. That's how I was. So that's why I'm looking at it from, no, this is what I did. And so you could do this too. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like, like just like the, the one push up. 
uh, deal. Like that guy that wrote the book. Oh, I can't even remember. I read it, and I I don't I can't remember the title of it or the guy's name. But uh, <laughs> so and, he, I, and I can't help you. <laughs> yeah. So his his goal was to like do one push up a day mm. because like if you you know if you forget or don't have time, you have time to do one push up at the end of the day and, and like you can still check off that you, you accomplish your goal. But like mm-hmm. for most most of the time, let's say you're gonna do your one push up. Well if you get down in, in push up position and like let's say you've got your workout clothes on because you're gonna do the push up, like you're probably gonna do more than one push up. Yes. You're gonna do a push up and then while I'm here I might as well do ten more and then I might as well do and I might as well do sit ups while I'm here and then I might as well go for a walk. You know, so it just like that one the sm- small things can can uh, snowball into other healthy things and all you know like it's I think it's pretty common knowledge mm-hmm. at this point that one good decision leads to another. So mm-hmm. uh, you know getting up and like drinking water first thing in the morning like all right I'm gonna plan to do that and then it just kind of and you make your bed and then you do all these other things that have to have to do with your physiology but it's these little wins that you get um, that eventually lead to, to systemic overall change. So totally. I'm doing that with meditating right now. I'm like, one okay, minute, five minutes. Yeah. You can do five right. minutes. I know I'm, I'm the same way. Like I, I had like a one minute goal for a long time and I had like a 40 day stretch. Cause it's kind of the same thing. You get to the yeah. end of the day and you're like, ah, oh, crap, I forgot. I can do it. I have, I have, I literally can meditate for one minute and then, but then, you know, you meditate for a minute. Well, I might as well keep going and you meditate for 10 minutes, but you know, Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of getting in that mindset. So, well, Lori, we haven't even scratched the surface. I, and I I need to ask you to ambush you with two questions. The first one is if you, if you listen to an audio book, can you say that you read it? Mm, I totally think so because I really think I've read it. Thank you. No, I listened. So glad Rick isn't on the call. You, he is. We have this like ongoing debate, and we're trying to get as much ammunition hey, for our own side. If you can teach from it after you've listened, then you've read it. Okay. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Everyone, hear that? Okay. And then the second, and then the last question is: What is something that you enjoy about life, or one thing you do to make life more enjoyable? Oh man, this is like my sweet spot because I love making life more enjoyable lately, which is so opposite of me. So there's a lot of different things. Like I literally just looked up music lessons because I've been wanting to learn guitar. So I might go plan that in, but I've uh, ballroom danced for years. Um, We take walks every day. I listen to good music. I eat good food. I don't know. There's so much. Yeah. I make sure I plan it in though. I play the guitar. (laughs) So uh, maybe... uh, uh, awesome. when, when you learn the guitar, we can like go go tour the country on a little guitar uh, duet, and then we can like trick people. Like you thought this was a music <laughs> concert? No, this is a health conference. <laughs> yeah, here here's your kale and spaghetti. We'll sing health yeah, songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this, did he say? What did he say there? Did he put your, put some liquor in it. I thought the words were liquor, and they said something about <laughs> kale. Um, yeah, this is weird. <laughs> Let's get out of here. I, I think we're onto something. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, <laughs> tell everybody Lori Harder L O R I. H-A-R-D-E-R dot com. It'll be in the show notes. Where else can people find you? Yes. Um, well, I'm loving Instagram Insta stories and yes. obviously Facebook lives are like huge for me. Yeah. Um, I love them and yes. What is your Instagram it. handle? It's just at Lori Harder. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah. And then Facebook is, is what? Facebook.com slash Lori. I believe it's Lori Harder as well. You just, and it's a pub- public figure page. You have like, you, you have just gotten the market on Lori Harder. 
You know, I got on early. I'm yeah, so proud of myself. There are like 14 million Mark Rogers in the world, just yeah. FYI. Uh, okay. And some of them are sex offenders. And so, oh, great. Yeah. Don't you love that? Yeah. So, no, that's the wrong, the wrong one. Yeah. My middle name is, uh, yeah, not that. So, that's not my, yeah, my address. Hu- my husband's name is a male stripper. So, oh. and he has. <laughs> Uh, like, everyone's like I went to your husband's page I was like not my husband yeah oh I thought you said Ishmael stripper like uh, <laughs> hey, okay I see what you mean now okay my husband's name is a male stripper is, right, so right, whenever right. people look yeah. him up and like not the same one uh, you're like but that, you know he, you could probably <laughs> wear that outfit can you Can you? we like to make a little extra yeah, money on this yeah side. can you find those shorts possibly honey <laughs> uh, we have been married a long time trying to spice it up a little yes, bit yes you yeah. have to awesome well Lori thank you so much for being on the show we're gonna have you back on Oh, thank you so much. I had a blast. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Lori. She is amazing, as you can tell. Rick, I'm really sad that you missed that one. Yeah, hopefully, uh, just to clue the the listener in a little bit, my schedule switched very abruptly, and we still had like a month worth of interviews scheduled the old time. That's why I haven't been on an interview lately, but hopefully things will normalize out here fairly soon, and we can start having me back on to ask questions that are super stupid well that's funny like at the beginning of the interview i was like yeah rick's normally on here to make fun of me and and everyone always says great question whenever rick asks a question so i was like so just uh you know just say <laughs> don't say that to me and make fun of me and we'll feel right at home and so that's what she did <laughs> okay it is now time for humans being human and it has been a long time since my brother has been on he he was on early <laughs> Your brother Jeff, because you have two brothers. I have two brothers. Uh, my brother Jeff, and uh, we we talked earlier this week, and we realized that we had never shared like the the first brothers camping trip. It's just a. It's just I think we we have enough material, and that's what we're gonna do. So here is Jeff okay. and idiots who should be dead at the lake. Are you there? Hello, I'm. I am here. <sighs> Are you? Transmitting from the bottom of a, a submarine? Maybe. Do I sound like I'm at the bottom of a submarine? You do. You sound like you a... sound very far away. I think he's just so sleep-deprived. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> How? Yeah, my voice... The less sleep you get, the more at the bottom of a submarine you sound. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> That's in like what to expect when you're expecting. That's like the last chapter. It's like your voice changes when you're sleep deprived. Yeah. So like, before we begin, you uh, have a new uh, new son. I do. And he is your second child. His name is Ryan. His name is Ryan. Uh, My Rick second ha- child. I have two kids now. I'm officially a real parent. A real right? human. You know what's crazy, Rick? I feel like I feel like that's a very good observation, by the way, because people that have one kid who talk to me about like, oh, I had to do this for the kid, I had to do that. I'm like, you know what? No, talk to me when you have multiple. Multiple is when it really that like the game gets real, okay? Yeah. Like uh, we're we're st- like the second one. I love my second child very much. I'm sure you do, Jeff, and I'm sure you do, Mark. Yeah. That is when literally, if you were selling vasectomies, you could have sold me one at double the price four minutes after he was born. <laughs> no, 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 I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Do it now. Do it now. Do it right now. The hospitals should offer like a like a half price vasectomy with a delivery of your second child. They would do a wonder, a huge amount of oh business. Oh my god! They just have a chair set up like in the corner of the labor and delivery room. Like, oh my gosh! And like, there's already blood everywhere. You might as well, right? <laughs> oh, Mark! Yeah. What is the matter with? 
<laughs> God. So it's a miracle. Like if you have, if you have one kid and you consider yourself a real, true parent, then you're an idiot. Or you're. A- you should understand and watch your other people who have multiple kids and know that your your plight is very easy. Your life is easy compared to theirs. Well, that's like the people who have like a dog and they consider their dog to be their oh, child. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I know what it's oh, like oh. having children because I have dogs. I'm like, no, you don't. Your dog <laughs> is not. Stop. Just enough. <laughs> That's true. Well, I will say this. Uh, no. I have three. Have a dog? I have three kids. So. Uh, we need to have someone on that has two more dogs. than. I have more, two dogs. Uh, more than three. I have my my wife and I have a friend who they have three biological children and they have two children they're adopting, which makes it five. And her hot sports opinion was like, nah. It's the same as having three. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, once you get beyond three, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's no. exactly the same thing. And I was like, wow. So having what? three kids, the same amount of work as having like six. And she was like, yeah, pretty much. I was like, whoa. So I don't know. Apparently you're right at the spot there, Mark, where you need to just cut bait <laughs> right there. Literally <laughs> cut bait. Uh, okay. Well, we're three minutes in and we need to talk about uh, the first brothers camping trip. And Jeff, we have done brothers camping trips. Uh, actually, this is weird. I didn't prepare this. Uh, this is 2005 was the first one. We went to Inks Lake and we camped. We didn't have another one until 2010 yeah. when we went to Angel Fire. Then we did Centerville in 2011. We went to Lomita in 2012. We went to Vegas in 13, which was a disaster. That was not a camp out. I know. Sweet. Yeah, and then we went to New York, New York Upstate, we, and we then City. We camped out in a hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so is are all of the except the Vegas trip are all of them like camping, camping like in a tent? No, and here's why: because Brad, our other brother, you said the New York, the New York trip that was after the Vegas trip, right? That was fourteen. We actually no, we well overnight we went to Top Golf and dinner last year, which doesn't count. yeah, but okay. So Rick, Rick asked the, really to, to answer Rick's question. Brad, our other brother, does not like camping. He does not like being hot. He uh, hates. It's a gross understatement. He hates it. So after that first year, we <laughs> very distinctly about Brad. That, yeah. Like that was one of his things. I'd forgotten about that till you just mentioned that. Yeah. So we actually went camping this first year in '05, and then have not been. Well, we did one night of camping in upstate New York, but Brad slept in the car the whole time. So that's <laughs> didn't really count. So so okay. So here's uh, but here's some of the things that we did just quickly in the, in the time we have left. There is a rock at Inks Lake, and I have a picture, Jeff, that you took in my office of of me about halfway down the rock. You can't see it's from and it's from very far away. You can't see the top of the rock, and you can't see the water. Like, and I'm in the middle of the picture, and the rock is behind me. You could say like, you'd have to say it really fast. But you could say the alphabet from like when you jumped. ABCDFGMVQRSTVWXYZ, and then you would hit. It was a long, long way, and we would jump <laughs> it was off. A great distance. Yeah, and and we would do this. Je- Jeff, what do you remember about about jumping off of that rock? I like literally just like three or four days ago. I was trying to think about. Because I think you texted me, like, how did we not die 
jumping off of that cliff. And I was remembering, I was like, wait, did you say the entire alpha- alphabet? Yes. Ju- while you were in midair? I was like, no, that's surely not. I'm, I'm not remembering that correctly, but. You did. That was, but, that, and I did yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's how high. That's I mean, how it, high it, was. it took yeah. 10 minutes just to get out of the water and climb up to the top of this rock. I mean, it's just. Okay, so let me ask you guys a, a practical, a practical question here, Jeff. Uh, how far out in the woods was this? Like out in the middle of nowhere? Um, I mean, it, okay, well, this is probably the second part of the story, but it was right across the lake from the super popular rich kids summer camp. Yeah. So. Oh. Well. Ink okay. Lake. Yeah. And. So. Oh, go ahead. So there were. It was a. It was populated there were a lot of people out there but the sorry if you can hear that my direction but um the cliff there was like a cliff that went into this i don't know how this particular piece of water formed or whatever it was like this sinkhole or something but there's a, a cliff and then there was like a huge boulder that was sitting on the edge of the cliff and that's the top of the boulder was where you were jumping off of. And that right. boulder was like another 10 or 12 feet. Maybe more, maybe like 20 than. feet. Yeah. Well, maybe, he, well, let, let, let me, it's 50 feet. So maybe, uh, <laughs> okay, here's the deal. So like across the, there were a lot of people in the daytime. There were a lot of people at this swimming hole. Yeah. Only maybe three or four were actually going to. It was a swimming hole for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, and so there were a lot of people around, and there was a little camp store and all, all, all the stuff around. But here's the crazy. Well, well, my, my question specifically is, was there a hospital right there no. that you could have gone to oh, if you would have, no, like, no, no, no. destroyed both of your legs? No, no. and, here, and here's, here's definitely the. Definitely not. Yeah, no. de- definitely not. And here's the crazy thing. Because you, we go and we do this and we're swimming and we're jumping off the rock. We go back to the campfire. Night falls. We eat dinner. We're, we're all sitting around. We may or may not have had, and this is, we're all of age. We may not have had a couple of, a couple of beers sitting around the campfire. Uh, no, abs- you know, nothing wrong with that. But, Rick, at midnight. I don't remember that at all. But. At, at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Jeff wasn't drinking beer. Jeff was drinking um, motor oil and kerosene. Um, <laughs> we went, Rick, we went back out there at midnight and with no, and with no lights and jumped off the top of the rock in the middle of the night when no one was around. Pitch black darkness. And I think yeah. back. Did on you that, at least write like? Did you at least write your own epitaph before no, you did this? Uh, we didn't in the middle of the night, drunk, jumping off a giant boulder fifty feet into the water that you are not that familiar with. I, I, just, I, I don't understand like what we were thinking. Uh, I mean, like I don't know if you having kids makes it different or something. But I'm just you hear all the lake deaths. Uh, the people that drown in the just the broad daylight with people where you know with people all around them, they think that how dangerous. And here's a, kind of another funny part to this, and I think this is going to be the last thing that we can tell Jeff. But uh, Jeff, what do you remember about that after when we were leaving the midnight cliff diving? What did I need? To, did I need to use the restroom? What? Tell me. Tell me what happened. Well, I remember, Mark. We were all very young, and that's why we were doing these right. things. We had no concept of our own mortality, but Tw- we also I was, I was had no 21, concept 22. of, like, that's, oh, just a child. But you, I think you had to relieve yourself, and you decided to, that you couldn't wait, and you needed to 
to take a big dump right at the entry point of the swimming hole where all the children would enter. God. Yeah, no, that's where all the kids would come in. I don't remember the kids. There were no kids. Stinky dump. There was there was wildlife there in the in the swimming hole, but I think you took a big dump right there at the entry point of the swimming hole. Right, and then after we you know left off, and then what happened the next day? That we were set, yeah, the then, next day then we, we Rick, go back yeah. up to do some more jumping. Is that a genetic yeah. thing, Jeff? Where like all men of your family, the instant they're like. Man, I kind of have to poop. Like, immediately have to stop what they're doing and poop wherever they're standing? Like, is that a genetic thing for your family or just Mark? I, I feel like it's only my dad and Mark. My dad. And Steve. I, I Steve. I, can, I, think I, can, I think I can control my, my bowels like a normal human being. But, um, but, yeah, no. Mark relieved himself and the... And the water right at the edge of the water, and then we showed up the next morning to uh, jump some more off the cliff. And there was, instead of a big dump like we were expecting to see, there was a a, a dead fish. Floating <laughs> <laughs> at the exact spot, of the defecation. Point. Uh, this fish was like, hmm, delicious corn. Oh, no! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, giant worm. <laughs> the giant worm. <laughs> <laughs> a giant brown worm right sure here. It had something to do with... <laughs> I, mean, I was thinking, there's no way yeah, that that sure. fish is dead because of me. But it was like in the exact spot where I... Or I I'm pretty myself. sure it was. It was a good sized fish. That was a too. huge it, it, catfish or something. Yeah, that'd have been a wide mouth bass to get its mouth around that turd. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have seen what hap- what really happened there, but I, yeah, it's hard to imagine that it did. You know, wasn't because of the of the poop. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff. When- Went back the next day, instead of seeing the turd where he left it, I thought you were going to say they had, like, a biohazard and crime scene tape, like, all around the lake, like, holding off that area, and, like, guys in hazmat suits scooping up, like, the soil, and, like, they they exposed the evil. Deceased wildlife. Yeah, poor little fishy. He didn't even see it coming. All right, well, Jeff, we are out of time. (laughs) Uh, Go back to your uh, to your son and uh, and your and your wife and your daughter and have a good time. And I'm glad, Jeff. I'm glad. Really, on all seriousness, we really probably should have died that weekend. So glad that we didn't. And I'm glad we're still alive. Yeah, Yeah. we did a lot of things when we were young, and we survived. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Jeez. All right, well, tell, tell your wife I said hi. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care. All right, see you, bud. Thank you, Jeff. I, already hung up. I think he hung Thank up you, on Rick. Oh. I love you. Thank you, Jeff. Always funny. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have some more kids so you can uh, know what it feels like to be an even realer parent. <clears throat> hmm? Hmm. No? Okay. Sorry? No? Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. It is now time for the same tip of the week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And this is an interesting uh, little little PDF that I found called "Crunch Out Obesity." 
Okay, and it's basically talking about rates, you know, like the introduction is like rates of childhood obesity have increased substantially the last two decades, both in the United States and worldwide, you know, and it's, and it's basically saying how foods that are uh, crunchy, right? So we found out describing the three categories, retention of the program. Okay, so if I get to the conclusion here, it, while, I'm, while I'm going here, the tip of the week is going to be chew your food, right? Like, and I, and, okay. like things that are crunchy, Right, are, are, and Katie Bowman talks about this. We need to have her back on. But if you think about facial structure and tooth structure, and you think about all these braces you need and teeth pulling and wisdom teeth and all this stuff we need that like in 99% of all human life on earth, like they, went, they did okay without braces. Like there wasn't all this crowding and all these things. It's, it's just kind of interesting that what, like one thing that, that we're doing now is we're processing our food so much pre-digesting it that we're not like smoothies, you're not having to actually chew yeah. food. And so there is a like there is musculature in your jaw and in your face. And you think about like Botox and all the people needing facelifts and all this stuff. It's like if you don't it's like working out your face, chewing, having like crunchy things. Yeah, there's a nutritional benefit to it, but there's also uh, a a a biomechanical mechanism where like if you are your face your face there are muscles a lot of muscles in your face uh and all you know if you're so if you're just like you know drinking food or drinking your calories or eating like soft things where you're not actually having that kind of like get that crunch your face is going to not be as strong and then you're going to get like problems with like the musculature of your face and then you're gonna need a facelift and then all your uh uh you know, you're going to – have you ever thought of that? Uh, you know, if we talk about doing things that very clearly the human body was designed to do, I think that's one of them that's, I think, the easiest for people to grasp. It's kind of hard for me to grasp a little bit like the humans were meant to squat because we don't squat. We have chairs and toilets and stuff like that now. But, like, I understand that. But there's nothing more obvious to me than, like – your head and face and jaw and all that stuff are designed to bite into food and chew the food to process it that way. So that's a good, well, that's, we're talking about doing things that biologically were very clearly designed to do. That's one of them. Yeah. And it also goes like with your eye muscles, you know, like everybody needs glasses now and it's, you know, could it be because everybody is, nobody has to look far away anymore. Everything, your house and your office and everything is so nearsighted. You don't have to, you know, think about if you were out living in the mountains in the in the forest you would have to be looking at things far off so you're so you're working out that eye muscle differently and then at night you're not having to your eye muscle can relax because you you know you're you don't need to let in all that light it's it's dark so your eye muscles relax it's why like you know your eyes will adjust that's your the muscles in your eyes working so you know it goes with your eyes too so anyway I, i'll link to this it's a, it's a cool study uh i'll, I'll add it to the, the show notes it, it's a lot more than just about crunching uh it, it's just it's just an interesting study it's about a 26 page pdf but uh anyway that just kind of the title of that uh, report crunch out obesity just kind of made uh made me think that, that would be a good tip so there's your tip crunch some food this week how about that Indeed. All right. Indeed. That is going to do it. Let uh, Go to the website, simplyandlifestyle.com. Everything is there. Uh, really appreciate you listening. Know there's a lot of options out there. Thanks for making us part of your day. Like us on Facebook. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes, at SimplyHuman52, uh, on uh, all social media. And you can email Rick at SimplyHuman, Rick at uh, gmail.com or SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com. Got a lot of cool stuff uh, coming up. And let me look at the calendar real quick. We've got Yuri Elkheim is is coming on the show 
super excited about that. That is coming up. There is a, another author that we're that's writing a book to, uh, about uh, uh, why kids should eat dirt, which I think I'm going to really get along with. I think actually Yuri is the next. Yeah, uh, September 19th is the Yuri Elkheim show, and then we've got uh, Dr. Player, uh, the Eat Dirt author, and then I've got a few other uh, folks lined up, and then we need to have Luke Norsworthy and Kate Galliette and all our regulars. Uh, back on the show uh, in the fall too so alright that is going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast and remember that is when literally if you were selling vasectomies you could have sold me one at double the price four minutes after he was born <laughs> so until next time enjoy yourself <laughs>